Hello, this is Kim Addis from Frame of Mind Coaching. You're catching me at home today, and you have just joined us at the for the Frame of Mind Coaching podcast. And it is my absolute pleasure to introduce to you a, re- a returning guest. His name is Jonathan Robert. Not only is he a very dear friend of mine, he is a Frame of Mind client and an up-and-coming Frame of Mind coach. Jonathan, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Under so, some strange circumstances. I know, very strange. So I really want to talk to you about a few things. You are an entrepreneur. You own a business called Crush Right, um, and you're very heavily involved in the CrossFit world. Mm-hmm. Um, just very, very briefly, tell us what you do on that front. What is Crush Right? Tell us about your CrossFit involvement. Yeah. There. Okay. So the Crush Rate is a third generation ready mix concrete company. We manufacture concrete and we deliver it to clients. Uh, in my area of the world, we have a heavy emphasis on the potash industry because my uh, sector of Saskatchewan has um, three potash mines right in our local area. And potash is a is um, basically a salt that's mined out of the ground about a kilometer underground it's an old evaporated seabed and they put it on for fertilizer onto fields so um, we focus on that that part of our industry but we deliver concrete to anybody Um, on a side note we also um, I own a CrossFit business I will own it for only a few more days because it's officially sold on April 1st but I am a a level two CrossFit trainer. It is a passion of mine. It, it really changed my life. And, uh, you know, it will always uh, hold a special place in my heart. But essentially, um, I'm going from being a coach and owner of that CrossFit box to a um, athlete and member, which has got some great merits and excitement for me. Um, yeah. Okay, so what I want to do is kind of go back and uh, you got involved with Frame Mind Coaching years ago. I actually was your coach, which was super fun. But mm-hmm. what was the what was the key thing that got you involved? What were you struggling with at the time, and what made you want to try this out? So, what was I struggling with? I think the list is probably less if I told you what I wasn't struggling with. Um, I had, I had my view of the world was very. Uh, negative, but I didn't realize it at the time. Um, I saw all the things that weren't going right for me at work. I saw the things that weren't going right with my family um, and and the people that were close to me. And, and I saw my own vision of myself wasn't all that great. But the thing that hooked me was a conversation that we had and, and you gave a, a tech meeting a presentation to a, a business group I belong to. And at that meeting, you talked about um, parenting. And I remember that really, really well. That your entire presentation was so fun and, and interesting, and that's the story in itself that we've already told. But I remember you saying that parenting is the best gift that you can ever that you can ever um, give to someone is is the gift to be able to parent your your children better and properly. And it's the best investment you can ever make. And at that particular moment of time. Uh, I have a a boy with some special needs and he has some behavioral issues that go along with that. And I didn't know how to go from point A to point B. I I was really struggling. You know, I I grew up in a house with a a heavy hand and, you know, you will do as I say, because I'm your father. And I said so. Um, And don't get me wrong. Like I love them and they did a wonderful job, but those techniques did not work for my son. As a matter of fact, they made everything worse, but I didn't know what else to do. 
I was stuck. I was, I was always, you know, I'd lose my temper and then I'd feel terrible. I just, I, I would I'd beat myself up over it. And, I, and when you, when you get, made your presentation and basically said like, here's some hope, we can get you to a different place. Um, I said, I got to give this a try because what I'm doing is not working. I've, I've got lots of knowledge in my mind about not being angry and all that, but I didn't actually know how to employ any tools. Well, that's how I got involved with frame of mind coaching. And I think, you know, obviously I'm, I'm with it hook, line and sinker and it, it changed my life. It changed my entire view of the world. Not only did I change the way I parent, but I, I changed the way I'm a, I'm a husband. I changed the way I, I work with my people. Um, our team is completely different now at work. Um, in my CrossFit gym, the way I coached turned differently. The way I coached at, at, the, uh, at different times, I've coached football. And the way I saw that coaching and football change, like it literally changed how I view everything. So I want to, and, and I want to jump in a little bit in, in a few minutes, a little bit more to the parenting aspect. But before we do, I just want to kind of really look at leadership in this day and age. Like we're mm-hmm. all housebound. Uh, a lot of our businesses are really, really struggling. We're trying to figure out how to keep things going, how to make sure we have enough supplies, how to make sure we can pay our yeah. staff, how, how to drive business when people aren't buying much. So, so tell me, how are you managing professionally with your business? You know, good, bad, and ugly. It's all tough for everyone. Yeah, it's a very interesting time. Um, we're in one of the few industries that, that is able to work, but there's no business. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we can work. Are we? We're not doing an awful lot. Um, we are pouring some crucial pours. So, you know, on a tactile um, aspect, we are putting measures in place to make sure that we can maintain social distancing. And, and we're in a very fortunate situation because, I mean, as far as driving a truck, you can jump into a concrete truck. You're by yourself. You get to the site. You can dump it into a concrete pump by yourself. It's, it's operated remotely. We can practice safe social distancing. But when there's no demand for what you do, it doesn't matter whether you have all those tactics in order. So my main focus lately has been um, more on a marketing side, and and I guess it it just kind of fell into my lap. Um, we I'm in a small rural town of Saskatchewan, and I serve two two towns and a number of other rural areas. But I I belong to a couple of business affiliations, and I have some friends who are lawyers and whatnot who are putting out these updates and uh, on the changes of legislation for for. Um, for the laws of Saskatchewan and uh, different bulletins to say, here are the benefits that the government's rolled out with today and those sorts of things. So I thought, you know what? I've got the time right now. I'm going to put a huge focus on, on a few things, getting information out to people. I'm going to, I'm going to post some of those bulletins. Um, but there's some other things that are underlying, you know, with with my son, he has special needs. He has uh, epilepsy, and I got to sit in on a on a conversation uh, with some epilepsy ex- experts and also some um, experts in um, uh, infectious disease. And once they finished saying things like, "Make sure you have a good rescue plan, that your meds are up to date, because you don't want to have to go into the hospital," the over the overlying um, emphasis on their presentation was still find ways to be social because we know a major depression is coming. Mm -hmm. People are about to be depressed. 
So find reasons to be social, find reasons to see people and use the technologies we have because we know we're going to be fighting depression. So I've used an opportunity. People like to hear stories. People like to hear people talk. And I like to talk and I can get in front of a camera and talk. It's one of the things that I do. It made coaching really easy for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give me a microphone and we can go, right? Um, So... So I, I took that gift and decided I'm, I'm going to start telling stories. So I've sat down with some business leaders and communities and just said, hey, how is this affecting you? Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've sat down with um, people with nonprofits that are running. So um, a, a video that I'm going to be putting out today is about a bond spiel that draws a lot of people that's coming in that's had to cancel. But they use this as a major fundraiser. They, they have a grant that goes out to all these communities that they serve. They normally raise forty dollars to $60,000 just with the auction alone. They've had to cancel. But the people from that nonprofit said, you know what? We're not going to stop the world. We're, we're not stopping what we're going to do. We have all these things donated. Let's do an online auction. So I sat down with an interview to say, hey, let me help you promote this. And let's mm-hmm. talk about Let's talk about, like, obviously why you had to cancel. But... What could you do in, in light of? So the, the overwhelming message that I'm trying to spread is, yes, these circumstances are difficult right now, but we all have a choice. We have a choice to, do we want to, you know, um, I heard a great thing the other day that said, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase it, but um, viruses are contagious. So is fear, anxiety, and panic, joy, kindness, and love. Choose wisely. That's right? a good one. Yeah. And, and so from my point of view, I'm, I want to spread that message. I want to I tell people, you know what, if you're missing social interaction, sit down and listen to a story instead of watching what it was that contagion on Netflix. Don't watch that. Who, why are all these people watching the show? Like, let's, let's tell some stories because people like to hear stories, mm-hmm. right? So that's, I guess, been my mandate. That's great. That's great. And you're a very good storyteller. So I want to kind of jump ahead because I think you're in a, in a unique situation, but not that unique for a lot of people. You know, the, the greater message out there is stay home. Yeah. Right. Stay home because uh, staying home helps us to flatten the curve, helps us to slow down the process of infection, helps us to maybe even reverse it if mm-hmm. we're lucky. Um, and a lot of people kind of walk away from that message and say, yeah, well, this is only relevant if you're older or if you have pre-existing conditions, uh, but essentially it's a flu and I'm not old and I don't have any pre-existing conditions, so I'm going to go live my life. Yeah. And I personally have been exposed to all kinds of people who take on that view and go move forward and just do what they do, go shopping you know, go to beaches, go to parks, do what, what they want to be doing. And in my mind, perhaps taking some, some risks. Mm -hmm. You and I spoke maybe a week ago and you said, Hey, you know what, should I be a spokesperson? Should I get onto a video and should I speak? Should I talk to my community? Should I be telling people to stay home? And, you know, my feeling was twofold. And again, it's just my opinion. There are lots of voices out there giving a lot of instruction. And I never want to be another one voice to blend in all the voices giving instruction. That wasn't my goal. Um, In addition to that, I also felt like 
what are we actually focused on? Let's focus on what we want. However, you uh, shared an opinion or an experience that I think is really, really important and how this affects you and your family personally. And so if, if you don't mind, like, what is the implication of all this on your family, on your son? Yeah. And it's so interesting you brought that up because that's actually what kind of kickstarted this whole initiative to say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to tell stories and get in the camera in front of the camera a little more. Cause it, to be totally transparent. And I've said this in a lot of cases lately, but I make concrete for a living. I am not a medical expert. I don't have an MD. I don't have any credentials to show you. And as a matter of fact, the only credential I have is I'm a CPA. That's not that helpful in this scenario. And I have some strong views that probably echo the sentiments that people are are telling you. I believe that most of us can fight this virus. I believe that most of us would be fine if we get it. If we got this, we might not even show symptoms. And there's, there's, there's studies out of Italy that say that 77% of the people that got it didn't show one symptom, right? We are healthy people. We eat enough calories. We move enough. Like we're, we have sanitary environments. We're not in the third world. We will all be fine. That's not the reason you're being told to stay home. This is not the zombie apocalypse. We're not going to, like, the pandemonium isn't going to set in. But what will happen? And the reason this is relevant to me and the reason I wanted to tell the story is that we have this, people fall into two sides of the camp. Pandemonium, oh my goodness, I don't know what I'm going to do. This is awful and all the things are going wrong. Or, ah, Not only is this stupid, but it's probably Trudeau's fault and I'm not worrying about it, right? And there doesn't seem to be a middle ground. So for me, the reason this is relevant and important is that my son, amongst being in the hospital way too many times in his his eight-year-old life for his epilepsy, um, every time he gets a bad respiratory infection, he needs oxygen and he needs medicine to get him through it, Right. And the problem with, with this, the reason we're trying to flatten the curve is because it's not that, you're, that your life is at risk, but it's that somebody's is. And let's just do some very simple math. And I, and I think it's fairly spot on from what I've heard. If 10% of the people in Canada get the, get the virus, 10% of those people might need medical intervention, Right. And 10% of those people are the amount of beds that we have, mm-hmm. right? So we have 35 million people, 3.5 million people in blank get it. And I think that number is higher. And 10 or, or 1% of our population is slated to need medical intervention and potentially pass away from this pandemic. And we only have 35,000 beds. We only have two and a half beds in Canada per 1,000 people, mm-hmm. Right. We don't have enough beds. We don't have enough interventions. We don't have enough respirators. And what is a respirating machine? It is something that breathes for you when you can't, right? So why, am, why have I chosen self-isolation? It's not because I feel like I need to for my own self, but because my son can't afford to get this virus and then have to go into the hospital and make a doctor choose to take a ventilator or a a respirator off of a 75-year-old person and give it to my son, right? That's what's happening in Italy. People are dying because the doctor had to choose the young person over the old person. And that I can't, 
I can't imagine putting myself in that scenario, right? So the, the reason we have to social distance is not because we might all pass away. It's because we don't want our doctors and nurses choosing who's going to live and who's going to die. Well, and we also want to make sure as many people as possible get services when they need it. Exactly. We have so, the technology to fight this. Yeah. And so I like for me, this is a very real story. It's not, you know, a story that's hard for us to understand. It's not about it's not about the data. It's not about politics. It's not about who's right and who's wrong. No. But there are very real people with very real situations who don't appear to be at risk, but who can very well be mm-hmm. the front line of that risk. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that you shared this with us. And if, mm-hmm. if you don't mind going back, so like we're in the thick of it, how are you keeping your frame of mind in place? How are you Oh man, staying how? sane? So I am journaling a lot and, and I go through points in my life that um, I journal and then I go through points that I don't. I follow a diary now and I often journal in there. But when I, when I say I'm journaling, like I'm using the frame of mind platform and, I'm, and I'm, you've seen my journals, I can journal a lot. Um, <laughs> and I'll tell you, I, I really believe that something in the universe, call it Jesus, call it God, call it the universe giving me what I need. It's just so happens that I said, you know what, I think I need to, to shake the rust off of these chains you know, four weeks before any of this even came to light. And I, there's no doubt in my mind that this is something I needed. So how am I staying sane? I'm journaling like there's no tomorrow. Um, like my, if I told you everything was sunshine and rainbows with my wife in our house, that's a flat out lie. She's a little stressed. I'm a lot stressed. We're all, we're all stressed. I mean, in Saskatchewan, they've, they've not only closed the schools, but they've issued the final grades. Like if we resume school in, in September, they, they will go to the next grade, but they're three quarters through the year and there's nothing happening. So my wife's homeschooling two kids. Right. And, and she's in the same boat as a lot of other people who are going, man, I, I gotta get some sort of education. So, you know, you know, just on that front, I'll tell you right now, as um, ironically, we had already been starting to homeschool Nico and, yeah. and we're, we were actually making the decision to homeschool Brianne, like we were wrestling with it before. And then this just kind of said, well, I guess we're doing it. Um, what I, what anyone who finds himself homeschooling when that wasn't their plan, if you have kids in elementary school, here's what I'll tell you. The school system is very bureaucratic and has you doing a lot of things that may waste time. Hyper-focus on literacy, reading, spelling, writing, and a half an hour of math, and you probably won't spend more than two and a half hours of, of school a day. And all the rest of it, just turn it into talking about your day, right? Like, just talk about the things you're doing. Talk about why you're cooking the way you are. Talk about why you had to go to the mail. Like, you don't need to sit down and teach social studies to the kids and say, this is the post office, and this is what they do there. Just talk about it when you go there. You know, I think we all put a tremendous amount of effort into, or, or pressure on ourselves that we have, to, we have to teach like a teacher in an environment, and we don't. That's a beautiful thing about homeschooling, right? So there are lots of opportunities, natural opportunities, to be teaching about everything all day long. Yes. Right, yeah. and we should grab them. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like what a wonderful opportunity to sit down. We've made more cookies in the last few days than we have probably ever because <laughs> we're teaching the kids to cook. You know, right. I, Nico loves uh, pickles and cheese sandwiches. So guess what? He's learning to slice his own pickles and he's learning to slice his own cheese. And the most important rule about slicing cheese that he's learned is that uh, if you've got need two slices of cheese, you always slice three because dad always needs a piece. There you go. That is the most important rule about slicing pickles and cheese. That, that's good parenting and teaching, I that's, would say. That's how I feel um, about it too. You mentioned the Frame of Mind coaching journaling community. Mm-hmm. And I want to invite everybody to join us. A lot of people are on there. They're journaling. There's a lot of strong emotions, strong feelings, strong thought. Is not a social media platform. It's a safe place to journal your true deep feelings in a community of people who catch you safely. So come to frameofmindcoaching.com. It's absolutely free. Come and journal with the community. There are lots of people on the other end who will be reading and responding if you wish. It's Mm -hmm. completely your choice, but it's a magical place. Please join us. Jonathan, uh, I wish you and your family the best. Lots of health, lots of safety, lots of cookies. Thank you. Thank you for spending this time with us and sharing your stories. And until we hear more from you, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Thank you. This has been just a wonderful time. See you later. 